0: Oh, hey, Sir so and fans! This is another fun episode of the show. Today, we're talking to Leah Rubin. She is the co-founder and CEO at a company called Confetti. Um, Leah is a visionary cultural leader with a decade of experience in business to business sales. Um, she's one of the world's experts on remote event planning. Um, under her leadership, she scaled the company to twelve million in annual sales. Um, so, on Confetti, you can discover, plan, and book experiences that improve culture anything from team building and wellness to soft skill development workshops and diversity and inclusion programs. Um, And yeah, I'm here to welcome Lee into the show. So Lee, thank you so much for making the time.
1: Thanks so much, Dan. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here.
0: I got a quick question though. Is in Miami right now, is it sunny or is it winter is it fall what's it like then <laughs> uh
1: love, love a weather question um so typically <laughs> today it's a little uh gloomy outside it might change um but usually especially this time of the year it's it's actually it starts to kick in some really nice weather so just a little crisp chill in the air um yeah so uh highly recommend uh coming to florida during during the winter winter months
0: we've got to do that never been to florida <laughs> Is the company though is it based you guys like based in new york or i was just trying to figure that out
1: yeah so uh we we have a u.s branch and then we have an uh israeli branch uh our israeli branch is our r d team um so we have uh, about 10 or so people there um and then the u.s team uh is just uh, about 50 people um, so we're sixty people total. Um, we do have a, fo- a few folks in Canada and Mexico and uh, Russia and Poland uh, and Ukraine. Like really, we have a, a quite a, a diverse group of people. Which we're really proud of, um, but we're mm-hmm. fully remote. So I'm I'm based in Miami, but uh, the rest of the the team is pretty much scattered across the world.
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, the company was founded before the the pandemic, right? Or before twenty twenty.
1: Yep. So we uh, originally were uh, built confetti for the in-person world. So just to kind of um, uh, bring the uh, listeners up to date, we help companies put together their team building events. And prior to COVID, those team building events happened in person, face-to-face, you know, often in the offices of these organizations. Uh, so that's what we raised our seed round on. And uh, naturally, after COVID hit, uh, many people were very concerned about whether we would uh, survive or, uh, quite frankly, you know, have to shut down the business. But uh, we pivoted and uh, we pivoted very quickly. And uh, it was quite the, the start of a very uh, big success that ended up being where we're at today.
0: Congrats. Uh, So I got to ask you, Lee, like, where did this idea for the company originate? Did you, were you a person who was an event planner and you just saw that there were these uh, innovations that needed to be made? Like, what gave you the the spark of brilliance?
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, So I always wanted to be an entrepreneur from a very young age. Uh, I started working for a startup called ZocDoc. Uh, If you're familiar with it, and I was really just amazed at how much money uh, was being allocated to us to put these team building events together. And uh, long story short, um, I was tasked with putting together one of these experiences. Realized how hard it was, and um, at first I I felt like okay, I was interested in getting a platform that made it super simple to put together these events. Uh, But shortly after starting the business, I realized like wow, I can really make like a difference uh, in in the culture of these teams and the organizations um, if the events are really good uh, and making work a little bit more of a fun place to to go to on Mondays.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I remember, you know, I worked at Google for a little and like this first week there that I was there, they had just like open, open bar, like go mingle and eat with your new friends. <laughs> um, but with you, you do something that's pretty unique in the sense that it's uh all digital, like they don't have to be in person. Um, and I'm looking into the website, there's like an escape room you can do and like Jeopardy or like things like that. How did how did that idea just evolve into that? Like, can you take me through that?
1: Sure. Um, so yeah, we definitely didn't plan to create our own experiences. And I think that's uh, unique on our platform and not obvious. Like those games are uh, built with our in-house R&D team. Um, they aren't utilizing other vendors' uh, technology. They're our intellectual property. Um, and it's it's pretty interesting, but in the, the beginning of COVID, we realized that vendors uh literally didn't have virtual events to give. So uh we decided to just create experiences that we felt would be really fun to do in a fully remote setting. Um and I remember going to the team, and uh they I said to them, like, I think I'm gonna build A virtual like escape room like a yeah like a escape rooms are super popular it's uh, one of the most booked types of team building events in the corporate world and and in person um let's build like a digital one um and the team was like lee that's crazy like none of us have like backgrounds in game design but i majored in art i'm a very creative person i said why don't i build a game you'll play it you'll critique it and if we have fun we'll consider it and if we don't have fun then no harm like is done. Um, long story short, we we built a game. I built the game. I uh tested it on my own team. They had a really fun time. And uh from there, we started hiring like professional game designers um that would curate these experiences and make them a lot more immersive and fun. Um, and I mean, today we've had over a half a million people uh do events with us um over the past you know, two years and it's, uh, it's been very rewarding.
0: Wow. Yeah. I got to ask you a question more into that. Is, uh, the skateboard? room, is that like VR or is that like, how's that metaverse stuff or what is, uh, yeah. It work? Um,
1: so because most people don't have like the, you know, the Oculus kind of sets. Um, We decide not to do it, you know, VR style. I think that, you know, there is very much vision and belief that the metaverse uh, is part of our future and we're excited to look into those types of experiences. When the when the time is right and when the market is ready, but for now these are fully web based experiences. So um, I'm probably going to butcher it if I compare it to like any of the the online games (laughs) on the computer, but uh, it's kind of like that. And you some of them use your mobile phone. Um, We uh, have people join on Zoom uh, and then many times we break them out into different breakout rooms uh, but now we're also building our own video technology so sometimes they log into our link um and everything happens uh, automatically if you may mm. say
0: What is your favorite game or do you have them
1: um, <laughs> So I mean there's there's a lot of really good games uh, it depends on what it is that you're looking for so if you want like a a puzzle kind of brain game where you want to work on your communication with your team then like your the virtual escape quest is definitely it's our number one bestseller. uh if you want like a good hearty laugh with your team um co-worker feud is again a, and pretty much it, it competes for number one with our virtual escape quest so they're kind con- constantly battling out that one's a really hilariously good time um funny enough uh i we have this really fun um experience Uh, or like a user experience that's done in a very professional way for charades. And I just find doing charades on uh, a video solution is just like hilarious. Uh, It sounds so cliche. It sounds like, oh, no, who would want to do charades? But uh, every time I've done it with uh, people, it's just like I find myself just tears of laughter are strolling down my face. And it's like a guaranteed hilarious time.
0: Wow! Yeah, I've got to play one of these games one of these days. Um, I I just gotta say, like it's it's kind of interesting how you brought, uh, I won't say necessarily video games, but um, I think like the whole concept of a lot of the a lot of the, the way people think of nine to five is it's more of a just a means to an end. Like uh, people do it to make men as a of course, and that's, that's nothing wrong with that. But I think with you and the company, of course, like you're doing something where it's make people enjoy going to work or make people become better friends uh, with their coworkers. What are you seeing just like, in terms of like the feedback from the users and companies like Spotify and Google or uh, LinkedIn, I'm thinking (laughs) that uses stuff, like what have they been saying?
1: Yeah. um, So I, I think, you know, there's a a lot of things to um, break down from that question. I often like to, um, I don't know. Are we allowed to have like light curse words on the podcast? You, so you
0: can be yourself, be yourself. <laughs> <Yes. here. laughs>
1: um, we're not going to solve crappy or shitty culture. Like that's not, that's not what we do right now. Maybe uh, it is always kind of part of my vision. And I wonder if there is a world where we will help uh, teams and companies, you know, solve problems. Um, solve the truly like, you know, toxic and unhealthy work relationships that we have. Um, but for now, we we really use fun as a vehicle to humanize the workplace. And um, those little moments in between of working when you're just super serious with uh, uh, your colleagues, and then you do something that breaks the ice that um, kind of blurs the lines for a second of like, oh my gosh, they're not like, you know, Greg, the jerk boss, um, but they're Greg, the the dad who's quirky, who's funny. And like, you get to see people um, in, in a different light. And I believe that the humanization is going to create empathy and that empathy is going to help make these companies more successful in dealing with their challenges. Because the, the day you play Coworker Feud, if the next day you're running into a challenge, with work and i've connected with you you're my team member on the co-worker feud or uh you competed fabulously and and made me laugh um i'm gonna have a hard time yelling at you the next day i'm gonna be like you know what i'm gonna <laughs> like hey bud like you dropped the ball here you messed up here Let, let's talk this one through um and that's really i think what we're doing for companies um in in its current way is really connecting them. And we're creating the glue that keeps the teams together, uh, from that day to day, week to week perspective and giving them an opportunity to disconnect from their, uh, work life and saying like, Hey, these are the people that I work with. And a lot of people don't realize it, but like work is, uh, the most amount of waking hours that we spend our time on, right? Like you, you have your sleep, which you, spend by yourself hopefully. <laughs> sure. and then you have your waking hours and we spend more time with our colleagues and often we do with our friends with our family with our kids with our parents and like there's this sad you know so, so- like so- social story that we don't like our colleagues we don't like our jobs and to me that's a vision that I would like to change and it's really rewarding when we get testimonials from customers that says like this this helped us see each other in a new light. That was really fun. And, and as we use confetti more consistently, the more we realize that the team is getting stronger. Um, we have an NPS score of 81, which is considered world-class out of 3,500 submissions. Yeah. And like, we're just getting started. Like we feel like now, um, now that we, we completed our, our series a, there's a, a lot of, Uh, room for us to uh, improve the the experience even uh, more and that's that's what we're here to do
0: yeah I'm I'm pretty impressed like I'm reading Netflix and all these cool clients or users like can you tell me like what what uh because you know I I guess I, I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs here and they they they've given stories about like how they got like their first customer like my one friend William he uh found a company called Northstar and they're used by Snapchat and Zoom what was the sales team what was you, what were you thinking when you were approaching like a big company like Spotify or Netflix just uh to want to use your product like was that something that you were hesitant at first but then you know you had a friend there and they're like I I I think this works like how does that how does that go Yeah.
1: Uh, it's actually pretty interesting, but all of our customers came to us, um, uh, so we are nearly hundred percent inbound approach. Um, uh, there's a lot to like unpack on the strategies of how we've done it, but um, I think that ultimately, when you have like a real world problem and a good solution, product market fit can come relatively easy to you, uh, or you know, to the company. Um, we obviously still have like a lot of work in front of us to, to deepen and expand the relationships that we have with our power users and some of the use cases. Um, but our top, um, 10 customers spend with us over a hundred thousand dollars a year without a sales team. Um, we have a very minimal marketing team, like, uh, literally just a, a couple of people.
0: Oh, goodness. You, <laughs> you're hitting that high growth uh, trajectory as they call it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. Uh, I think that um, people, you know, they, the the whole concept of like team building is, is something that, you know, it's something that people don't really think too much about or give too much thought on. Right. Like just uh, because, you know, I th- I think there's like a common perception when everything became more remote uh, that uh, if you don't have to go to an office, then you don't need to develop a good connection with your coworkers. And if you're an engineer who just codes the whole day, then um, why, why, why be friends with everyone? I, I guess this is what people have told me or like why they want to be remote just because I guess like they, they enjoy the freedom of just living in the, like not, not being seen or all that. But like, I think you, you do, you do come and bridge like the gap between um wanting to make friends and not have it be as awkward uh what, what kind of like user research did you have to do to build this or what what informs like the the, the, the I guess the product uh process or just take me through that if you can
1: yeah um well, I think it's uh it, it's basic human psychology and literally even before we've started to do science from biblical times and before that like we just always congregated together as people, we always celebrated together as people and it's going back to our roots of community and I think that everyone is eager to be a part of a community. Um, and that all of these indications of I don't want to be uh, part of my like work friends, and I want I don't want this, I don't want that, is all this cry for help that that company and those people have a bad culture. Um, I believe it was Pew uh, that did a research or Gardner that said that um, uh, it essentially if uh, there's a one in twelve chance that you'll be engaged with your job. Uh, if you don't have a best friend at work. Um, and then they uh, recently also interviewed a group of young adults and 95% of them found it a top priority uh, to um, uh, have a job that they really like. Um, and uh, I think, as I said, we, we just went back down to the the basic like human psychology. We all wish that we had a best friend at work. I think that um, your company shouldn't should respect your work life uh uh boundaries. So um like in my opinion if you find a friend at work uh that's great and I hope I hope my team <laughs> finds that. I know that they do. Um it's not uh it's not a must that we all be best friends with one another. It's all a must that we respect one another as professionals, as individuals, as people who are smart and give opportunities for each person to contribute their portion to the greater good of the company. But I don't require my team to be best friends with one another. I do hope that they find someone within the company so they can have fun while they're working. Right. That I, I still am holding, like, I I hope that they do, but I want my team to uh, not have to commute so they can uh, build a better relationship with themselves so they can work out after work or before work. I want them to be able to uh, cook in their own homes if they have dietary restrictions and feel comfortable going and using the bathroom or whatever else if they are uh, have disabilities. Um, like those are the things that I, I wish for my team and I wish for them to have a very fruitful and healthy life. After work, outside of work, Um, but finding those moments to connect with people in the office, I still think is absolutely crucial to uh, making that nine to five or whatever hours we all work as enjoyable as possible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, i I think that uh, team team building is would make the dream work. (laughs) Yeah. I guess, Lee, like when, when you were an entrepreneur or you're still an entrepreneur, but like when you were, you know, doing this for the first year or two and and things were more hectic, well, I wouldn't say more hectic or less hectic, but I'd say like, uh, let more and more uncertain, or there's a lot more unknowns. What exactly do you think helped you like power through those moments of uh, uncertainty? Like, as you alluded to in the, um, you know, the COVID days or, you know, uh, the, just in those times.
1: Uh, for, for me, there's two big things. Um, the first one, in the very early days when I was essentially a, a one woman show, um, I, I really hung on to the customer testimonials and that only continued and grew as uh, those testimonials like also grew in volume. Um, because we know how much our customers love our offering, uh, how connected our experiences make them feel. And that makes me feel like good about my job, right? I'm not selling like guns and oil. I'm I'm providing something that uh, brings happiness to other people. And um, through any difficulty, it's been always like this, um, this anchor that what we're, what we're doing is, is something good and worthwhile, uh, sacrificing those, uh, those tough moments, uh, to, to persevere and overcome so we can do more of them. Um, but also my team, I, uh, just, am the biggest cheerleader of the people that I work side by side with. They are, uh, my equals and they've all, um, worked so hard and, uh, put their, like, life and energy and good spirits to building this uh company not just for for me and for us but for all of our uh stakeholders um our vendors our investors our uh customers participants uh, it really kind of goes deep and um on my hard days I go to them and I'm like you guys make this fun like you you still give me uh the 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 energy to wake up in the morning <laughs> doing uh everything that we're doing.
0: I love it. Yeah, that's amazing. I feel like it's easy to get lost uh in the process of uh you know trying to meet deadlines and hit numbers. I think you know as a company is a champion of team and team spirit. It's uh, a <laughs> it's kind of why it's called confetti, right? It's just like <laughs> Well, one we'll one well, another thing I just wanted to hear from you was uh you had a quote that was advice to founders and it goes on everything is going to be much harder than you anticipated to be So be prepared to see this journey not as only a professional one but one that will challenge you mentally spiritually emotionally and physically i think it kind of explains itself but what uh, led you to say that or like how did you come up with that quote or statement
1: yeah I um, actually uh, just did a, a talk about this. Um, I There are seven dimensions of wellness that's not something that I made up. Uh, <laughs> physical, uh, emotional, intellectual, social, spiritual, environmental, and occupational. Um, and it's important that that w- that there's wellness and uh, in each one of those uh, seven uh, categories. Um, now, it's it's very obvious that like occupational can mean things uh, like, you know, finding a job that you like uh, or uh, working towards um, uh, a vision that you um, uh, essentially uh, are proud of. Um, but the, the spiritual and, and emotional, uh, social, intellectual all fall into one another and they, they kind of overlap. Um, And I mentioned this, but like your work consumes more than half of your waking hour. Our time is our most valuable currency. We really should like where we're working, but we should also really like our life outside of work. And people constantly talk about like work-life balance. And I don't know. I've always... struggled a little bit with that word because to me like balance and like a balance beam always created this division, this like division between work and life. But we can have a very bad day outside of work and it can affect our work and we can have a very bad day inside work and it can affect our personal life. And I think that the moment a company and a culture can just recognize that they're not separated, they're extraordinarily integrated um, and that we should care about our employees' physical health. And we should care about their emotional well being because all of these things will affect how great they are at, um, at, at the company's uh, uh, goals and achievements, uh, the more we can progress together as a society. So, um, you know, maybe people blame not working <laughs> out or eating right due to working. Uh, so, physical health is very connected to that. Like, if this chair was uncomfortable for me and my back hurt, um, a boss might be able to be like, that's not my problem. But if that's causing me to be inefficient, then it is their problem. So it's, it's much more blurred. And I think that companies just need to be more sensitive and aware to like, Hey, what can I do to make my team better equipped, better prepared, more efficient, happier, and well um, in those seven dimensions?
0: That's, that's very interesting. Yeah. I, I completely back that. I feel like, um, you know bosses or managers they should pay attention to those things because uh you know workers are really important and i mean i think like i think like now there's a common uh dialogue where where i mean just like paying attention to what's happening on twitter and like all these layoffs that are going on employees and people like me just perceiving that can see like the companies think that they're dispensable and it's not like they're really valuing who you are after you pour your life into something so uh, i think that's that's something that should be amplified a little bit more for sure um
1: i often like to uh, ask people but like you have <laughs> friends you have family you have your maybe significant other have you ever like uh, argued or butted heads with them
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> right
1: but my normal. tongue too <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's normal for us to do that and um and then you guys talk about it and hopefully you overcome those friction points and it deepens your relationship right like it becomes maybe away from a surface level relationship uh into a much more uh uh understanding of who that person is and what triggers they have and
0: yeah, yeah. Well, well, that was a really good great point. Lee, I think like something also we'd love to cover is just like how uh how you raised um those seed and series A rounds you alluded to just because okay, I think just because I think this concept can can come as uh so out of the blue to a venture capitalist or you know any anyone in that space just because um I don't I don't think it's it's like a, something they necessarily pay attention to just what what was your experience like i guess what was your experience like successfully closing those those rounds that you were able to do
1: yeah i um i think for us our numbers spoke for themselves so um it was it was a lot of looking at the numbers which is what i think most investors should be doing more of um other than that you do need to find people that relate to your vision and good investors do the hard work they speak to the customer base they get to understand and learn if you have raving fans they get to know your vision your uh model for how you want to continue to grow and scale and if they get comfort on all the points that they feel like are risky um then uh then <laughs> succeed uh in in you know raising that capital for them of course um you do need to have um, the the formula for for uh, what makes them want to invest, and they want to know that you're going to build a very big company amongst many other parameters. That some of them we even still need to work on.
0: I think it. Um, yeah, yeah. So you you, you uh, prior to founding Confetti, you were doing sales for ten years, or you worked at Zocdoc, as you said. But do you think like those experiences were, you you had like pain points that you, the company, you, you did have pain points right like where you like miss like you you saw that culture was, uh, it could have been improved. Like what what made you really want to dump into or j- jump into the entrepreneurship space where, um, things are a lot of, like you're working with more unknown factors than a traditional corporate job, right? Uh,
1: so just to make sure that I understand, you're saying go
0: ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to say like, what, what made you, uh, before you founded this company and kept working on it, like what made you truly realize that, uh, there was the problem that needed to be solved, like just work together in this or yeah, more, more, Uh, multiple problems.
1: I, uh, uh, as I said, I, I worked at ZocDoc. Um, we were given budgets, uh, as team leads. Uh, so, companies they allocate these budgets on a team level um departmental level company-wide level and then depending on different like use cases uh that they might have like onboarding um recruiting um you know it, it really falls on wellness can fall into a different one diversity equity and inclusion professional development all of these are very different budgets and uh lines within the the uh, balance sheet um and we were given a team budget. So I was exposed to it from that way. Of course, I was also invited to the company-wide events. Uh, and uh, right. I I was very inspired by like the, we were given $120 per employee per uh, month. Um, and I was like, wow, this is actually a, a budget that's allocated company-wide. So to some extent, it's even bigger than the budget that's being allocated to Salesforce. Um,
0: wow. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had my share of uh, what do you call that going bowling or just all these things, but I think, I think the digital age is just ripe for this type of product. So it's, I'm going to re- recommend it to, to a lot of the people that, who aren't already your users. <laughs> um, Earl, you, you you had something to say before um, you started driving or. Me? Oh, I was talking <laughs> to Earl. Earl, you can hear me or. Or you can hear me yeah no no I mean the, the question I have maybe somewhat related somewhat unrelated it how do you find investors that understand your problem because a lot of times you'd meet investors and they feel like they want they're interested in what you're doing but really they don't um, how did you get a sense of like yeah you know this investors really truly want to help me and this company scale because that problem is something that they're even remotely, you know, looking at right, or at least personally interested in.
1: Um, I so I have kind of a few schools of thought. Uh, one of them is those investors might be writing content, blog, uh, tweeting about the thing that you are uh, essentially building, whether it's uh, AI, AI, VR, uh, fintech, whatever it might be. They'll they'll have a, a public facing interest about it. They studied it. They taught it. Um, so those are things to look for. Of course, uh, certain funds have certain reputations about, uh, what it is that they're known for. So for example, like, um, Andrew Chen at, uh, A16Z, uh, he opened up a games, uh, fund for A16Z. So obviously he is interested in speaking to other companies who have games. Um, I think that I like to compare a lot of the business world to the, um, the, the dating world. And I think that similarly to dating, you <laughs> kind of tell when someone's into you or when someone's not into you, things are a little bit more easy. They're replying uh, quicker to your emails. They're not like taking, you know, two, four weeks in between to reply. Um, They're like, oh, yeah, this is interesting. Tell me more about this. And, you know, I read about this and I thought you should think about that. And they're starting to send you articles. They're starting to connect you with people. They're starting to use the word we instead of like, what do you think? Or I think they're using now a a plural sense. So all these things help you understand whether uh, an investor is actually starting to be interested in what it is that um, you're offering.
0: I love it. Well, a well, couple more things here, leave before uh, we get to end the the podcast. But well, one thing I'm interested in is, uh, how did you how did you think about scaling this? Just because, um, that's a thing that people are trying to unlock, and I guess the VC dollars do unlock it in a sense. But I'm also guessing that the revenue that you generate also unlocks it too. Well, it does. Um, in your sense, like, how did you prioritize? It's kind of broad, but like, how did you prioritize like what to what to pour like what, what to focus on as a leader of the company just since like you're telling me like a lot of the sales been inbound and you don't do too much marketing per se or that which not, I yet. I, it, just not, not yet. yet not yet not yeah. yet Sorry. When,
1: you're, when you have a small amount of money versus a lot of money you're going to you're going to experiment differently, um, and you're you're also only able to scale to a certain amount. And, uh, you know for us, it's it's pretty remarkable that we're doing about a million and a half a month with uh, the team size that we currently have with the the funding that we've spent so far. It's very, very rare. Um now that we have more dollars to play with, we'll be able to experiment a lot more. And um there's a lot of things that we plan on doing uh, uh, throughout twenty twenty three. Uh, we want to do more land and expand efforts throughout the organizations that we already work with. We want to do enterprise accounts where we're selling a uh, large scale contracts top down throughout the organization. Uh, so these are some of the main efforts um, that we're going to do to continue to scale and grow Confetti.
0: Wow. Yeah. I love it. I, I have to say getting Google on board right there. The yeah. Was right. yeah I-, I used to work at Google and, uh, man like they have free food they have a rock climbing wall and a bowling alley somewhere and and the fact that they're using your thing is just uh so so amazing like um and and I think it you know it shows the arc that uh uh yeah like this could be a tool for not only the tech companies right but you could see this in like a electric company too like is that also what you're thinking or you just want to do the niche of
1: yeah no 70% of our customers are non-tech uh we work with medical technology or like medical uh, like pharmacy companies, we have uh, medical offices. It's uh, really kind of beautiful to see how diverse (laughs) the customer base is from uh, John Deere uh, to Caterpillar, like all kinds of industrial machinery uh, companies. So um, yeah, it's uh, any company that cares about their employees that has employees can be a customer of confetti and uh that's one of the things that i really uh love about our company
0: that's that's amazing uh or you you have one more thing to say or you have Sorry. one more thing to say? Yeah yeah i mean maybe my my last question here um my last question here is um we typically like like to end with this question which is if you had to give advice to your you know 18 to 19 year old self you know with your journey and building up your startup mindset uh, what advice would you give you know, your 18, 19-year-old self, you know, through to kind of go through this journey of entrepreneurship and startups?
1: Uh, So first of all, these are the years to just test and learn and try to build your career and make yourself more unique uh, by not just only uh, being an an employee, although there's a lot of value in, in that. Um, I think that my only regret uh, during those years is not traveling more and seeing the world a, a bit more while I was uh, building confetti. But um, I think that I, I followed the cliche of saying yes to new opportunities. I leaned into the uh, fears that I had and I overcame them. Um, I know. uh back then I was a lot more confident, interestingly (laughs) enough, than I am today. So um, I am very confident today. But I think that the more you know, the more you know that you don't know shit. And um, that's like a very humbling experience. (laughs) So much to learn. Whereas me back in the age of 22, 23, I would have had the confidence I could run Google today. Like, which is not the case. Uh, not <laughs> um, I think you should be prepared to fail and uh, be prepared that it will hurt. Um, you should surround yourself with really good people that bring up your confidence, that motivate you, that um, tell you good things because the journey is hard. Uh, but then you should also be willing to change because the journey of entrepreneurship really requires and pushes you to create new versions of yourself every single day. Um, and ultimately to just build something that people truly want, not what you want, but what they want. Uh, and that's like an interesting, uh, balance because so many people are like, I think this is a great idea. And you're like, well, what, what does your customers think? Because saying like, I think something's a great idea <laughs> is kind of like a mom saying her daughter's son is like the best looking person on the planet. Sure,
0: sure. <laughs> I, I was telling my friend yesterday that customers always right. Would, would you agree or is that just... Uh,
1: I think that there's always something to learn from the customer. It's not that they're always uh, right per se, but I always right. listen and I always find something to take away from my conversations with them. Either it's that there's a perception of something. It's either that there's uh, a lack of clarity. Like there's always something to take away from the conversation.
0: That's amazing. Um, one more thing, uh, two more questions, Lee. Uh next one is, um, would you say that entrepreneurship is more art or science? And that's another broad one, but just your opinions. And-
1: uh, if I have to choose one, I'll go with art.
0: I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'd say art too. Um, uh, the next question is what, which entrepreneurs, of science.
1: I just want to uh-huh. make sure uh-huh. there's a ton of science, but <laughs> there is an art. Uh, yeah, I don't know that's a hard one. I, I feel like I wanted to choose one, but
0: it's all good. You, 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 um, there's no right answer. And I think, uh, they're both right. But, uh, what, what entrepreneurs do you look up to, or have you looked up to, or, uh, you still currently look up to or admire just because, um, it seems like you have like this very, uh, I would say like strong conviction in not only yourself, but your peers and the product, like, were you, were you, uh, trying to, I guess, um, trying to take practices from other people that are successful and bring it into yours or were you just, I'm Lee and let's, uh...
1: uh, I, I mean, I definitely take inspiration from a multitude of, uh, different people around me. Um, I don't think that there is one founder specifically or CEO that I'm like googly eyes over where I'm like, I wish I could just be them. Cause most of them. I haven't met. And that's the reality. Like I've uh-huh. never I, I'm I've never met and I'll never get the luxury of meeting like sure. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, him up as an example. Um, and you gotta know people in order to know whether you look up to them or not. I think that I take something from everyone that I meet, from the highest levels within organizations to uh the folks that are often overlooked, and um I try to learn from everyone around me.
0: I love it. The last question here, Lee, is if you were to articulate your own startup mindset, uh, what would you say your startup mindset is?
1: My startup mindset? Um, uh, Be data-driven, be kind, um, keep learning.
0: I dig it. Yeah, awesome. Well, Lee, thank you so much for making the time here. I I definitely want to check out Confetti and all that good stuff. Um, what's the best way for the listeners of the podcast to uh, learn about confetti or yourself or any of the content that you make? I know you're on Medium too, which um, is a great place to to read stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, my my main one though. I don't know how active I am on Medium. If I if I'm, so, maybe not okay. that one. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> um, but I definitely fall. I definitely write a lot on LinkedIn. So you can uh, search for me there. It's Lee L E E ruben R U B I N. Um, And you'll see helping offices be happy and have fun is uh, my kind of uh, tagline. Um, And you can visit us at withconfetti.com, W-I-T-H, confetti.com. We have a really incredible newsletter and a CEO um, uh, kind of special that we call the Culture Corner uh, that um, comes out, I think, every other week. Um, And uh, we really get vulnerable and deep and I get questions from the tens of thousands of people that are subscribed to our blog and it's uh, it's been very rewarding to be able to create content that they enjoy and um, that brings them clarity in, in their day-to-day. So uh, follow me, follow me there. And I, I answer every email, uh, at least for now. Uh, so happy to be <laughs> to the listeners who want to reach out and um, share any thoughts that they might have with me.
0: Well, thanks Lee. I can't say enough. I've learned a lot and looking forward to following where you go and also the company. So okay. it was a pleasure. <laughs>
1: Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Earl. I appreciate it.